In a world where best laid plans go astray, there are two separate but equally important groups. Those who create history with their stupidity and the shit show podcast that covers them. These are their stories. Hello and welcome back to Shit Show. How are we, Rig? We are so, so good. I'm excited uh, to get amongst all of the shit showness that we have <laughs> in store tonight. Yeah, it's been a, been a big week uh, and obviously... The greatest part about the we plural is that uh, we're finally in the in the studio that we like to call home. Absolutely. Uh, if home was set up by a bunch of hoarders, yeah, yeah, homeless homeless hoarders uh, in a war torn hellscape. Exactly right. Um, so I think we better just kick it off uh, as uh, as we do with uh, the shit show podcast. Uh, I'm going to take the first parts of it, uh, the first couple of segments that we have, and and Gus is going to kind of notch up a story for us later on. It's going to be the best, Mm-mm. right? So we're going to jump right into train wreck trophy. So what we're going to do is we take the uh, the three top stories that uh, that trend with train wreck every week in the news. Um, I'll give them to to Gus, who's going to be hearing them for the first time, and he's going to award the train wreck trophy. We really do open ourselves up by hoping that there's a big week of news. Because you, you're goddamn right we do. We, we've really cornered ourselves. <laughs> it's amazing that the, the world just hasn't, uh, hasn't failed us yet because everybody is useless. No, it, the news is full of people who just cannot string a sentence together and their lives are utterly screwed. Speaking of awful sentences, this first one is going to get us off the mark nicely. So Good. the first train wreck comes from the world of reality TV. Oh, Why wouldn't we it? Haven't gone Why wouldn't yet? it? Why wouldn't it? So, our cousins in New Zealand, they've got a lot of versions of our shows. First Date, Getaway, they're about to do Married at First Sight. Yep. Uh, but they also have The Bachelor. Now, full disclosure, I already knew this because I watched the first season of The New Zealand Bachelor because I have a girlfriend and uh, there are martyrs in every messianic narrative. I just want to point out that watching the first season of The New Zealand Bachelor is not a prerequisite for having a girlfriend. I don't know if you didn't get the handbook. Or... Yeah, no, it's... Uh, do you know what? I, I just watched it uh, to see how many six-slash-sex uh, miscommunications <laughs> there were. This is this is bullshit lies. You loved it. You yeah, loved every moment. I really did. Uh but anyway, The Bachelor in New Zealand, it finished on a somewhat sour note uh, last season when The Bachelor himself is a guy named Jordan. Yep, uh, died. He, no, <laughs> no, he didn't. He, uh, he ultimately picked a girl and uh, broke up with her like straight after. I don't know if it was a camera still rolling moment, uh, but I think it was actually picked up by the press like pretty much immediately after the finale, right? <laughs> because obviously, as, as TV production goes, as you know, uh, the whole stuff has already happened, you know, months prior. I am uh, experienced with TV, yes. Yeah, and so... And so it, it kind of comes out that, you know, as soon as the camera stopped rolling, it was like he axed her uh, and not in the good way. And so what has happened now, if, if you think that as the adage goes that people are the worst, uh, people who watch reality TV and then get invested in the outcome uh, must be subhuman pieces of garbage. <laughs> That's what the internet's completely comprised of. Absolutely. And, and when news got out that he'd broken up with her, the guy received online abuse and death threats. Yeah, that's not unusual. From people as young as 12... And as old as sixty-five. Good demographic. That's a. You know what that is? That's a wedding demographic, and sir. Yeah. <laughs> Network executives are uh, doing the old Mr. Burns excellent with their hands <laughs> and being like, mm, "We've been wanting to notch this uh, and really nail this twelve to sixty-five abuse market." Yeah. Uh, Can you imagine how how much damage a twelve a twelve-year-old is? Not that terrifying. 
20 12 year olds could really fuck you up yeah i just i, I wonder what a 12 year old said because obviously he would have been watching and been like can't believe you stuck around with a bunch of girls. You now have cooties, you little bitch. Like, what, what is he meant to say? No, no, no. Kids are kids are way, way too uh, too into it these days. I reckon. Is, that is it, it still your mum? Is that still that's still the thing? I think I think they've probably got longevity, but I reckon it was to, it was twelve year olds who are uh, who are terrifyingly sexually active <laughs> watching this going. Oh, I've been with her. Uh, uh, I know. I know how this goes. Uh, I mean, You're a look, pig. put look, a ring on it. <laughs> So we can we can uh, we can try to imagine what what a twelve year old would have written in terms of abuse, but we don't have to imagine for the sixty five year old because it was actually captured in this article that I was reading. <laughs> An elderly grandmother wrote this puzzling piece of prose. She was totally fucked in Cinderella Land. She was fully fledged. What does that mean? That okay. is just. That is really confusing word salad. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. I think she was playing boggle and then she just hit print. Oh, but man. None of, none of that is a sentence. No, I have not. Anyway, I, that, that, that's cool. what it was and it was garbage. So, uh, so, so that's the first one is this comment? No. So what's going it, to... It's still going. So where it gets interesting, though, is that what had actually happened, and the only reason why we know all this is because he had a gag order on him uh, due to his contract. So, <laughs> so this has only happened this week. And the, the show wrapped like a year ago. So, like, it's only oh. now that he's able to kind of get all this off Boom. his chest. Post 12 months. So, where it gets interesting is he, he actually, he said in this, in this interview, he actually met all the chicks and was like, nah, I'll take none of them, actually. <laughs> he, li- he literally, he was like that really picky kid. He's walked into the buffet and has gone... Nah, none of this is for me. He's he's the cat playing with the box uh, as the toys lay dormant. Yeah, the Maru. It, yeah, he so he he actually told the producers this. Like he met all of them and he was like, nah. And they were just like, well, you contracted, so use that dick or heart or whatever. Yeah, they're uh, connected. Yeah, and so he had to stick it out, knowing it wasn't going anywhere, and that he had to do it for the cameras. So he's acting the whole way through. Uh, and so knowing that the whole time that it's a complete fabrication, he described it to himself as an absolute train wreck. He said, quote, I found out very early on that it wasn't the vessel I could do that on, find true love. And if and you can't get off <laughs> That could be so misinterpreted. Yeah, and you can't get off at the first turn of a roller coaster. Or well, he he was probably still getting off. But when, I want to make that very clear. The bachelor it, is just a, a a shit fest from start to finish. Yeah. So and you can't get off at the first turn of a roller coaster, but when it did stop, shit, I got off because I did not enjoy that roller coaster. <laughs> I love that. It, and and we know from a from a good friend of the uh, of the show uh, Rags that mm. the producers on in reality television are every, they're doing the, it, they're doing the Mr Burns escal- excellent they, hands things. They are every part of Lady Macbeth rolled into a bunch of cash grabby motherfuckers. Uh, it's so good. So that is the first one. That's the train wreck that he okay. had to that he had to endure, and it's only coming to light now. Okay, cool. Second train wreck. Uh, yeah. Second train wreck is the Murdochs and Fox News. So if you hadn't heard already, and I'm sure you have, the flaming sack of shit known as Bill O'Reilly was fired uh, after allegations of sexual assault came to light. Yeah, which Mm. we already covered. Mm -hmm. So he recently settled lawsuits with five women for a combined 13 mil, but one of those women, as we discussed last time, was almost paid nine mil. So we could could only imagine what kind of sick shit he said or did uh, to that one particular... If I was one of the other women, I don't know if I'd be pissed off or relieved after hearing that one guy 
got nine mil. Well, yeah, we we covered, we, we, we covered it last week. We did. It. We we went down that we went down that rabbit hole. But uh, look, he himself is a train wreck enough. But what makes the train wreck worse on the whole is that it's come to light that Rupert Murdoch and his sons Lachlan and James, who own Fox News, uh, knew that he was a serial creep when they rehired him. Uh, apparently, they knew that O'Reilly had sexually or verbally harassed women five times in the preceding fifteen years at Fox News. So this has only just come to light because the contract uh, that Bill O'Reilly signed uh, became available. So since oh, my, since all, my, all of these public domain things, oh, it's the best. Uh, so since money is all they can speak, they thought, well, this is costing us money. So how do we kind of stop this and, and sweep it under the rug and whatever? And so it's found out this week. So they double or nothing him. Their solution. They flipped, it, they flipped him for it. Their solution was to add a clause to his contract that said, if new allegations come to light, we can terminate him with a year's salary. Oh, Do you know what Bill O'Reilly makes in a year? Oh, millions. Eighteen million dollars. That's not a cl- that's not a like a termination. What the fuck? That, that is gardening leave. Yeah, that's incredible severance. And do you know what he's gone to now? Uh, I assume he's hosting some kind of bachelor. He's uh, he's hosting his own podcast. So welcome to the family, Bill O'Reilly. No, oh, no, gross. He's but our he's, first guest. But he's making... He's a huge piece of shit. He is. And he uh, he's actually charging people for the pleasure. Four ninety five. Oh, I thought you meant to come on the show. No, he's, uh, he's charging four ninety five for a podcast. I didn't even... Can we do that? I didn't realise you could monetize it. No, otherwise we... We'll be right back we next week, <laughs> okay. 12.95. That's all we got time for. It's yeah. uh, going to be a pay-per-second gig <laughs> here on Shit Show. Absolutely. So, knowing that he was doing this uh, while I sat back and counted the greenbacks, it's indisputably a shit move. Uh, and I can't now believe that, he's and now, it two weeks in a row. And now that it's out, people are pissed. Uh, and so they should be. And so the, Mo- the Murdochs and Fox News, they're, they're our second train wreck of the week, trying to sweep sexual harassment under the carpet uh, uh, and, and apparently a, getting nowhere. Uh, big business uh, sweeping things under the rug is going to come back later in the show. Oh, I, like the, I like the theme. Anyway, Love it. The third, third one. one. Uh, so we're, we're going to be in a place called, uh, or we're in a place called Cape Coral, Florida. Okay. Sounds like a retirement village, which is all yeah, of Florida. Which is all of Florida. Yep. If, if there's one thing I love, it's Jews and Cuban food. Right. So <laughs> a council meeting takes place uh, in, in Cape Coral uh, in Florida, uh, and its attention kind of turns to charter schools. So the mayor, her name is Marnie Sawicki, could be Sawiski, I don't know. Uh, apparently... You hate bad pronunciation. Yeah. Apparently doesn't get on with the local superintendent, and I, all I can think about is, is Chalmers. Yeah. Uh, and so apparently it's pretty tense. Things start to heat up. Uh, and all of a sudden the mayor gets up and literally spits the dummy in the middle of an elected officials meeting, uh, packs her stuff. And while storming out of the meeting, calls a fellow councilman a dumbass and throws a gavel at him. Whoa. Uh, the, the, the bit at the bit at the end. Yeah. Throws a gavel at him. Yeah. Throws it, throws a wooden hammer at him. Yeah. So that's a Mario Kart move. Yeah, it you is. You shouldn't be able to it do literally that in is. real it's life. It's a giant sledgehammer mallet. Um, yeah. So articles go up online and people are, like, skewing her on there. So saying she needs anger management or acting like their three-year-old daughter, etc. So there are now calls for her to resign, but she's, she's refusing, as you would expect a yeah. petulant child to do. Anyone who just threw a hammer at someone is yeah. not going to go quietly. So as a result, there's going to be a protest later this week. Uh, where people are going to throw hammers at her until <laughs> she dies or leaves. Yeah, I don't know. It could be like the whole George Bush shoe thing, uh, <laughs> but just with little novelty wooden hammers. She should claim it and just be MC Hammer. 
drummer for the rest of her life. <laughs> MC <laughs> Gavel, so there's no copyright issues. Fantastic. Well, he, he can't sue now. Well, he's basically... That's true. He's he can't still, afford a lawyer. still trying to sell parachute pants. That's, but that's it. No one's buying them. Whole um, so there's going to be a protest later this week, but uh, fair to say that she ain't budging. So we have those three train wrecks for you, mate. We've got... We got the uh, the the bachelor uh, from New Zealand living a lie. Uh, we have and getting skewered for it. Uh, we have the Murdochs and Fox News being completely shit human beings, sweeping back sexual harassment under the rug, and uh, all that coming to light this week. And then we have the 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 elected officials uh, the elected officials dummy spit. What are, what are we going for this week? Oh, look, I think that the bachelor uh, uh, the bachelor scenario does not sound like. Um, he had too hard a time, and it doesn't also sound like he was uh, he was in a position uh, where the ne- no one lost out of that apart from uh, apart from the girls who knew what they were getting themselves into. Mm-hmm. So for him to turn around and say, "Oh, really tough three months," just had to really <laughs> suck it up and uh, f- and go out with beautiful women, just have sixteen thousand dates for a couple of weeks. Yeah, um, nah, he's uh, he's off. Uh, the Murdochs are always and and O'Reilly we already know is an insepid rock spider piece of shit. Yeah, uh, so. Uh, we're going with the hammer throwing mayor. <laughs> yes, gold medal in the hammer throw. Pegging, pegging tools and taking names. Yes, love it. Awesome. Well done, Cape Coral Mayor Marnie Sawicki or Sawiski. Who cares? You're probably going to resign. Sea whiskey. <laughs> sea whiskey. Nice one. Train wreck. Train wreck. Train wreck. Trophy. Right. Which brings us to our our next our next segment, which. You love, and, and we had to get across the line Ugh. so hard. It's time for Poos in the News. And uh, what we're going to do I'm is... warming to it. Like like a fresh poo. Yeah, so That's not <laughs> what I was thinking. That's not the analogy <laughs> you, I was you, going with. You walked into that. Yeah. I don't uh, want to walk into that. Well, you might want to, uh, to, to think about this. I think this is uh, probably the... I know we haven't been going for very long, but it's, it's probably one of the funnier poos in the news that we've done so far. <laughs> so, as, o- as always, our story starts in the United Kingdom. And uh, we're, in a, we're in a small village called Bollington. Mm. Uh, it's 7.30am a few days ago. Okay. Uh, and CCTV picks up a van driver who parks in a deserted cul-de-sac and takes a shit leaving behind the soiled toilet paper. Now, look, clearly, clearly we've got a chronic outdoor shitter because no one carries around toilet paper like that. It's not gum, you know? People don't have that, oh, wait, I forgot that moment with toilet paper oh, that's to so, the point so where many, you're so carrying it around with so you. So many assumptions, Rig. He could have a really tough uh, domestic plumbing scenario. <laughs> There could be he could uh, could have no tissues and so he carries the roll and then he's uh, he's got. IBS. Are you telling me you can't head to a local KFC or a pub and and take a shit like a decent human being? Uh, maybe he doesn't know the area. I, look, uh, I just I just want. Why are you making excuse for this guy? Uh, look, I I remember my time as a tradie and I had to shit on some lawns. <laughs> <laughs> I just but like the union sticks up for the union. I mean, look, the thing is. The weird thing about it all is, for locals, it's not even the worst thing that's happened in that cul-de-sac. This week. <laughs> Apparently, it's also teeming with sheep offal uh, from what's described oh, what? in the article as an illegal abattoir. <laughs> oh, my. What, so, bad she- neighbourhood yeah, to take a yeah, dump in. <laughs> yeah. So, like, sheep are getting, like, gutted. Uh, locally, and people are literally just throwing offal into the bushes oh. in this cul-de-sac. <laughs> oh, it, uh, uh, here's my question to you. If you're in a situation where you were forced to take an outdoor shit in public, 
would you take it near blood? <laughs> would you take it near what is quite clearly a crime scene? Yeah. Uh, you don't shit on that guy's lawn. No. Uh, it murders you. That's how it goes. Mate, it, it, it keeps going. And maybe sheep offal is replacing uh, horny goat weed as the aphrodisiac <laughs> of choice because it's also oh, it's also a spot for, for rooting. Uh, so oh, man. people are just frisky as hell <laughs> with this. With this discarded, shitty toilet paper, sheep offal situation that they're mm. just like... The, mm. <laughs> the air was thick with sweat, offal, and shit. Yep, that's it. The smells, the oh. sights. Oh. What do you put on? A bit of Barry White and you're good to go. Oh. It's but, uh, but, but, so, so, but I guess this is the morning. So if he tried oh, to do this at yeah, like 10pm, yeah. then there's people fucking everywhere. No, 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 no. I'm actually surprised after reading this article that he didn't bump into people fucking because apparently most of it happens in the morning. Oh my! What <laughs> like, the hell is who, happening? Who 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 pumps it out before work? I can't do anything in the morning. All I can do is like drink a coffee uh, and try to remember breakfast. People, oh, I don't, pe- think, I don't people think you're are, trying enough. Pe- people are out there. Like rooting in cul-de-sacs uh, and then being like, Pegging, oh, "Sorry, babe, I've got an eight animal guts over their shoulders." <laughs> yeah, I've got an eight fifteen. We've got to hurry this up. Uh, so that's happened. And look, this story is is from the Sun. Okay, so it's not exactly the pinnacle of journalism. It's, it, it's, uh, it, it is exactly the sort of rag that is used to clean up these messes. Yeah, but I love that they refer to couples having sex as people dogging. Oh, what the fuck! <laughs> In the article, <laughs> that's that's not journalism. Yeah, so that's yeah. like penthouse letters. Oh yeah, and uh, so so yeah, Bollington, UK. <laughs> the place to be. Oh, my God. I hope to hear more from them in, in future Poos of the News oh, uh, it, segments. It prob- probably will, but from just a, at some point that place is going to come to a head and they'll just start building casinos. Like, that's that's exactly <laughs> the sort of Sin City bullshit that, uh, that precursors just an entire suburb becoming a gambling brothel where uh. people dump out the front and throw sheep intestines all over the place. <laughs> it's like a weird scene out of... Is that, is that, is that going to replace... Uh, rose petals on a bed <laughs> for women in, in Bollington. It's just like, I left you a... It was so nice. He got down on his knee. I followed a tra- trail of sheep <laughs> offal into the bedroom and he'd mm. coordinated the intestines into a love heart. <laughs> you know it's right when he puts a liver on your finger. <laughs> oh, that's weird. All right, great. Poo's in the news. Poo's in the news. It's done. Which means it's time for One Star Reservoir. So, as uh, as we move on with this segment, what's going to happen is uh, we've been trawling the internet for the best uh, or worst, or well, for us, it's the best uh, One Star reviews that the internet has to offer. So, I'm going to stop you right there, because you've cut off the greatest theme song in the history of our show. Oh, my Cue God. Song. Yeah! I want to take you to a One Star. I want to take you to a one-star. I want to take you to a one-star, one-star I'm glad you stopped me uh, and took me back there. I'm so sorry. How could I have forgotten about that? No, no, no. These things happen, but uh, it needed to happen. That's true. It did. Jeez, uh, oh, I'm just, I'm really disappointed in myself, but we're going to move on. Um, right. So the first one uh, that I've got for you, uh, it is in the United Kingdom, uh, it, of course, because it always it has is. To be. And uh, and it's always in a hotel. Uh, the the title, uh, very, it's quite simple and to the point. Worst guest house ever. Ah, oh, big claims. 
After calling a number of guest houses within Bristol, this one was the cheapest, and now the reasons why are clear. All the reviews here are true. Myself and partner went to knock on the door and attached to it is a notice stating no refunds after five minutes. <laughs> Need you say any more? It's the biggest red flag in history. I, I've never... What is that sign? <laughs> we were not shown the room, just told your room is upstairs. We spent the almost the whole five minutes trying to find the room to which we came across some horrifying scenes that you couldn't joke about. The lock on the room door had been smashed off at some point and a dodgy repair done, which left about a one to two inch gap between the door and the frame while closed. (laughs) The place smelled. There was clearly drugs being taken and used from the address. May we add, the place also takes DSS claimants whom are claiming housing benefits. The guest house shouldn't be serving any food following an investigation by Bristol City Council a while ago. However, upon entering the hallway, it clearly states breakfast in bed, £3.50. <laughs> Nothing should be consumed in bed. <laughs> the lady whom, lady whom greeted us wasn't very friendly and was quick to take our money. I could go on, but take it from us. This truly is the house of horrors and you won't, won't really get any sleep here. Avoid and sit on a bench somewhere, <laughs> as going here is likely to give you nightmares, if not food poisoning. I recommend anyone who has stayed here to contact Bristol City Council. Request to speak to <laughs> oh, food no. safety team smear. or the anti-social behaviour unit. Full smear. As they are fully aware and would love to hear from you. <laughs> the room tip, which is, you know, one of those extra things you can add as part of your review. The room tip says, avoid this, it's a hellhole. <laughs> So that's that's the first one. Like uh, the whole review didn't scream that. You've got to make it the TLDR at the end. Yeah, uh, exactly right. Uh, we're getting a bit closer to home here, but uh, only barely. The title here... I, I like that we got rid of all the locations. Yeah. Like, we did that for one episode, and, and it became we, very we clear that they're all just, in the UK. It's Well, the title of this one is Dirty Place and Worst Staff in Australia. Oh, good. Tell me it's from the riff again. I stayed for two weeks way back in March 08, and the review was done in 2012. Oh, they've been stewing on they've it. They've been stewing. Four years of stewing. <laughs> way back in March 2008, and I'm not sure how I lasted that long. The staff are just a disgrace. They have a huge attitude problem looking down their noses at the dirty backpackers. Yeah, you're so much better than us. We're traveling the world. You're working in a hostel. Ever wonder where your life went wrong? Oh, God, no. The most basic, simple request sees a lot of disgust and disdain. I asked once if I could charge my phone behind reception. A very simple request, I'm sure everyone would agree, as the other people in my room were charging their own phones and laptops in the room. You would have thought that by the look on the woman's face that I'd asked her if I could come into her house on Christmas Day and take a dump on her kids. Yes! She eventually... Which she would have said yes to. She eventually agreed, but by God was she not happy about it. They is, all... is it she agreed to the dumping on Christmas Day? <laughs> I think it was the charging, but I, I, it's so ambivalent I don't know. She eventually agreed, uh, sorry, they are also liars, there is no airport bus. I'm yet to hear any single person who stayed there say they were picked up by this bus. Everyone who gets the same excuse, uh, everyone who asks get the same excuse about being out of service or that they can't leave reception. Don't know what that means exactly, what they're holding you against your will. On one night I was sat outside quite late, just chilling with a beer, when a bunch of locals simply wandered in, took as much as they could carry from the fridge, beer and food, and walked back out. <laughs> well, that's a karmic circle. The door is never closed, and the guy supposedly working at night time was so stoned out of his head he wouldn't have noticed if his shoes were on fire. Never mind anything else. 
Luckily, I never had anything in the fridge, as I'd already been told by others that nothing is safe in there and always goes missing, but certainly wasn't about to apprehend four drunk guys on my own either. Do yourself a favour and stay elsewhere. There are much, much better places than this to stay at, places secure with friendly staff and clean beds and bathrooms. I must go have a shower now. Writing this has reminded me of those two weeks and I feel dirty again. <laughs> it's a gi- four-year-long review. Exactly. But he's given value and sleep quality a two-star. I love that. And he's given location three-star. Uh, mate, it, I mean, this is your first time uh, uh, in the in the one-star chair. The one-star uh, hot seat, to, yeah. To, 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 be, to be fair, I, I apologise for the quality of the chairs in the studio. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, it's amazing once you start looking and you start finding the people who've scathed. They've set someone's business on fire. Yeah. They're like... But overall, four stars. You're yeah. like, what is happening? <laughs> so bad. And the final one, it's it's a short one, but it's a sweet one. Yep. So this is uh, coming from the UK, of course. Again, mm, it's the hotbed. It's riddled with spelling mistakes. I'm going to <laughs> oh, yes. I'm, I'm going to read it uh, improper vocabulary and all. Here Perfect. we go. All right. The bed had stains on them, and the small single bed did not have a blanked pillow or a sheet. When we got up, my friend opened the Bible for some reason, and we noticed someone had taking a poo in the Bible. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Stay away! Oh, 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 oh. How? Like how much? What? What? Why? Why do people do this? So many questions. I know. Like, as in, like in, the, I think it was like in the book. Oh, wh- why? Like you know, they, they they've taken they've taken uh, umbrage with with Leviticus, and they've yeah. just ta- taken a steamer. Right in the middle, and oh, then I man. think just just closed it back up and put it back in into the uh, the the nightstand. Look, I'm agnostic, and that would be way way too far. Like you, <laughs> no. you're really, if I'm if, with you there, I'm a hundred percent with there, you. If there's a chance, yeah, don't run that chance by taking a shit in the doctrine that <laughs> supports the most powerful religion on the planet. Absolutely, and so. Wow. And so that's where we are with Run Star Reservoir this week. Wow. So we had we had the 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 woman with uh, writing her review of the guest house in Bristol uh, with with uh, possible food poisoning claims uh, and a five minute refund window. <laughs> uh, we had uh, the guy who who spent two weeks uh, in a Perth hostel uh, where locals simply walked in and and had at everything that was in the fridge. Uh, and and uh, and a woman who looked like uh, he wanted to take a dump on her kids, <laughs> and uh, we finally had the poo in the Bible. Who are we? Uh, who are we going with? Uh, I didn't realise that we're judging this. <laughs> I, I couldn't remember if we did it or not, but we're I, going to do it now. Okay, I think it might be a one episode thing. Uh, yeah. I look you. You can't really go past someone who says uh, that someone looks like. Uh, you might want to walk into their house on Christmas Day and take a shit on their kids. <laughs> so we're going with contestant number two. Yes, Perth Hostel for the win. Oh. And that's our first homegrown winner, is it? Yeah. How yeah. good is that? It's good. I mean, Perth and Penrith share a lot of the same letters, so the two uh, two Aussie entrants Absolutely. have been pretty much the same. So uh, so that is all we have time for with, uh, with One Star Reservoir, which means that it is uh, time to move over to uh, the Shit Show Spotlight. And uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm pretty pumped about this, mate. <laughs> I'm pretty pumped. I guess the best place to start with this is to go. Uh, I wanted to find something where uh, someone really did try 
to do something well. It wasn't it wasn't a scenario where uh, where it was really uh, ill prepared or uh, or they bit off way more than they could chew. So I went with uh, a man called Thomas Midgley Jr. Great name. All righty. So I'm TMJ. taking TMJ. I'm taking you to uh, 1889. Born mm. in Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania, <laughs> which which in the late nineteenth century they did not know was the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> Beaver Rises, Colorado. <laughs> uh, anyway, so his dad is Thomas Midgley, as you would expect from a junior. TMS. TMS. Mm. Uh, he refused to uh, be referred to a senior, and I can't find in any news report a reference to a mother. <laughs> <laughs> so he just came to be. I, well, his dad was an inventor, so I assume he invented Thomas Mitchell <laughs> Jr. Uh, so Thomas grew up surrounded by his dad's inventions and uh, at an early age uh, uh, professed a desire to follow in his footsteps yep. and be an inventor, which was a noble... It was not the harebrained crackhead yeah. thing that it is now. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not the Christopher Lloyd sort of archetype <laughs> yeah, yeah, from yeah. Back, to, Back the to the Future. Uh, no, no, it was a noble thing. It was something that people were actually... Because there's a heap of stuff that still wasn't invented. Anyway, yep. uh, natural curiosity and keen intellect led him to study mechanical engineering at Cornell University in New York. Yep, wow. Uh, where he took uh, to uh, the first red flag in our story, ca- <laughs> carrying around a periodic table of elements with him at all times. Okay. And pulling it out to tell people atomic weights and numbers. So he couldn't even memorise it. Nope. What a bitch. Just, just had it in his pocket all the time. Uh, so Thomas graduated in 1911 and immediately went to work for Dayton Research Laboratories. Okay. You, I don't think you've heard of Dayton Research Laboratories, but by the end of this, it's going to become pretty clear what's going on. Okay. They were owned by General Motors. Oh, okay. <laughs> His boss at Dayton Research Labs was Charles Kettering. And at this point, I have to briefly explain uh, what a phenomenon that was uh, that was common for cars back then called knocking was. So basically, okay. gasoline uh, is, uh, is, is made of... Oct- so it's an octane. Yep. So it's eight... Um, carbon atoms that are put together in a chain. Yep. Okay. So basically, in a nutshell, fuel was really shit yep. in 1920. It was all it was like unleaded. It was uh, mm-hmm. it was really it was crap. And so when the it pistons, was it was corn oil. It was it was <laughs> it was kerosene. It was basically spitting in an engine and hoping. Yeah. And so as the pistons come up to meet the spark plug, um, the air. Wants to wants to expand and the pressure builds up. And if the fuel is of a shitty quality or a low octane, uh, then it starts making pinging noises. So every time a piston fires, you get a knock. So right. if you've got four pistons, it sounds like constantly yeah. a midget with a hammer is trying to make its way out of your engine. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> the whole time you drive. Yeah. So this was... People had had just about jack of that. Um, so basically, uh, GM went... Let's find a solution to this because people aren't wanting to drive cars, which is affecting our bottom line because there's a knocking sound. So they're walking or they're taking horses or they're doing a bunch of other shit. Yeah. So uh, this is 1920 by this point. Mm -hmm. So Thomas is part of a team that started looking for a way to improve the quality of fuel uh, and thus get better power from the engine. Um, also, I think people were just about cooked with listening to what sounded like a midget (laughs) with a hammer. Um, so the team hit many roadblocks until Thomas reverted to what he knew best. He pulled out his periodic table of elements. Ah, yes. And he started adding shit to fuel. 
what? one by one from the top. He started with adding, helium or hydrogen. Yep, <laughs> yep. Boron, beryllium. All he went down. Argon, he, all that. Shit. He went down yeah. the list and he added. He made compounds and just started adding them to fuel, which sounds batshit. Yes, absolutely. Now it sounds batshit because, yeah, of it, it, like, is that really the best scientific approach to there, it? There were there were no rules back then. So what I what I'm going to ask you now, Rig, is what do you think the two Worst things that have ever happened to the world <laughs> have been, uh, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a gonna give you a hint. Um, one of them is an environmental thing, the tsunami. The other one, no, not a natural disaster. Right. Okay. Uh, in fact, don't guess. Chernobyl. Just just think about it in your head. Okay. Um, so Chernobyl is a good guess. This is. So much worse. <laughs> so imagine much worse than Chernobyl. What? Okay. And then the other thing is uh, is the biggest environmental molestation in history. So basically, uh, Thomas is not allowed within 200 feet of a school periodic table <laughs> of elements approach. <laughs> um, yield, finally yields a result. Uh, and he just kept adding bullshit to gasoline. Plutonium. <laughs> Until he comes across... A compound that he uh, that he calls tetraethyl lead or T E L, okay, which worked. The knocking stops immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the efficiency because that's the problem with knocking is that it reduces the power in the engine, right? Okay, um, as well. So the power and the efficiency of the of the engine increase massively. Uh, he's fixed the problem, right? Um, he's lauded as a hero. He gets the Nobel Prize equivalent from the American Chemical Society. Yeah. Um, this is 1923. So in 1923 in February, the first sale of leaded gasoline occurs, which is what he's created. Right. Leaded gasoline. In September in 1923, the plant that creates TEL, DuPont TEL plant, uh, hundreds of workers become ill. Dozens die. At a different from lead poisoning. poisoning. Uh. At at another plant, eighty percent of staff died or suffered severe lead poisoning. This is February to September the same year. In nineteen twenty eight, New York ends its ban on leaded gasoline. So they do all these tests, they have a bunch of conferences, and New York ends the ban. Ends so in nineteen twenty eight because a bunch of tests get done. Uh, people keep dying in these plants. Yeah, the federal government, uh, it, it is it is thought do uh, basically nothing uh, to stop this from happening. Yeah, um, and also sweep it under the rug because GM start feeding money into campaigns. Yeah, okay. So between nineteen twenty eight and nineteen ninety five, what leaded fuel is sold on a regular basis with no consequences. In 1995, it's banned. Hell. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Really, really, really bad stuff. Okay. Lead of fuel was, to give you an idea, normal human uh, human lead. uh, uh, Tolerance? Yeah, like uh, lead um, consumption or or the, the... Appearance of lead yeah. is two micrograms. Okay. Yeah. During the like during the sale of lead fuel, uh, on most roads in America, 
it was 25 to 50 micrograms. Oh, my God. So people just died. People died from lead poisoning just being on the street. It's absolutely... Like just, just crossing the road. Just crossing the just, road. Oh, my God. It's crazy. And, uh, and, and, like, millions of people die. Yeah. It's really, really bad. So that's all happening, but it's ha- it happens after his lifetime. Right. So he's, he's, he thinks... Did he die from lead poisoning? No. But in 1930... He leaves uh, the TEL um, project uh, because his boss uh, from uh, the Dayton Research Lab, Charles Kettering, uh, who is uh, now the vice president of General Motors Research Corp, Mm -hmm. uh, has a new project. Because guess what else GM do? What? GM also made refrigerators. So he was contracted by the Frigidaire Division of General Motors to help discover an alternative to ammonia and propane, which were commonly used as refrigerants, but were flammable and highly toxic. Do you think you know where this is going? Yeah, I think I do. Yep. So in three days' time, he helped synthesize dichlorodifluoromethane, otherwise known as the first... Chlorofluorocarbon or CFC. Oh no! He created CFCs. He created global warming, <laughs> or as we know it, the gas that fucked the ozone. Oh my god! Yeah, yep. It's calculated that a CFC molecule takes an average of about five to seven years to go from the ground level up to the upper atmosphere, and it stays there for a century. <laughs> oh my god! So, so effectively, the the vibe is that. Uh, one of the key elements that make up CFCs is chlorine. Yeah. Uh, there's very little chlorine that exists naturally in the atmosphere, but it turns out that CFCs are an excellent way of introducing chlorine into the ozone layer, uh, and the ultraviolet radiation at this altitude breaks down the CFCs, freeing the chlorine, which then, under the proper conditions, destroy enormous amounts of the ozone, which then releases extraordinarily harmful ultraviolet radiation into the atmosphere, yeah. into to Earth, yeah. uh, thus increasing skin cancer, yeah. melanoma, yeah. Yeah. et cetera, and just mol- like molesting Holy photoplankton, which mean that, means that all of a sudden millions of fish die. Yeah. The whole ecosystem gets molested. Yeah. So, what, like, to put it in perspective, one person dies from melanoma every 54 minutes just in the States. <sighs> And and that did not used to happen pre-1930. Oh, my God. Okay. So, this guy, it, how, many, how many people do you think Genghis Khan killed? A uh, uh, few mil. Yeah. Uh, Genghis Khan... 25 mil. I'm going to uh, say 25 mil. Uh, well, to, as an example... Um, he killed uh, almost two million people in an hour. Ah, oh, I was right the um, first time. Uh, oh yeah, wait, he, he he killed forty million people. Yeah, right. Sorry, um, right. about ten percent of the world's population at that time. Jesus. Okay, so uh, our mate Thomas Midgley Jr. as a result of the things that he created, created yeah, has killed one hundred and twenty-six million people. Oh my fuck. <laughs> 126 million people have died as a result of oh, what he did. Jesus. Is this dude like, is he racked with guilt? What happened to this guy? Well, I'll tell you what happened. I'm really glad Don't that you... Don't tell me that he created some more fucked up shit. I'm really glad that you uh, that you told me. So uh, in 1944, in what I'm going to call history's greatest act of karma, uh, 
Thomas contracted polio. <laughs> Oh my Which god! Is pretty stiff, but at the same time, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but being the inventor, he was uh, he wasn't going to let this stand in his way, so he insisted on continuing to live uh, by himself, unaided, and created an intricate set of pulleys that allowed him to uh, move about his home. Right until in 1945, he got entangled in those pulleys and strangled and strangled himself. himself. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing, but that's too funny. It's a just it, like I mean, it looks like a human marionette. Yeah, he, he, he became the whole the whole NSYNC video, <laughs> and then died. And bye bye bye, bye to bye, him. Bye. Yeah, right. Uh, so here's here's the quote: He's posthumously been declared to be responsible for more damage. History's greatest monster. He's been responsible for more damage to Earth than any other single organism that has ever lived. Oh my god. <laughs> That, my friend, is the definition of a shit show. Oh, dude. Yeah. Uh, that is a huge shit show. Wow. I can't believe I've never heard of that dude before. Yep. Thomas Midgley Jr. He's worse than everything you've ever heard of uh, put together. He's he's like... He, he didn't procreate, did he? Mm-mm. Good. He Fuck sure you, didn't. <laughs> you know what? You know what, TMJ? You are the fucking worst, buddy. Uh, and uh, and we uh, and we hope you're looking down, going, "Wow, I really should have uh, thought about what I was doing before I carried uh, a periodic no. table of elements around, started fucking shit into gasoline." Trust me, he's looking upwards. <laughs> <laughs> and that is all we have time for on this week's shit show, uh, because. I have to take Rig to a delightful romantic dinner that he knows nothing about. I know nothing about it. So uh, basically, my wife is having her uh, final final day at work at her current job today, and she yep. starts a new job next week. So she's off getting sloshed. Yep. Uh, yep. But I had booked a place six months in advance for our anniversary oh, dinner. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I refuse to break the booking. So <laughs> you and I, my friend, are going to a private uh, sashimi chef restaurant <laughs> in Piermont for a stupidly expensive degustation. Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel so special. You are special. Oh, you man. are special, my friend. This is so good. I can't wait. Oh, the best. Uh, anyway, if you want to get in contact with us and suggest uh, a shit show you'd like us to cover or uh, any topics, uh, anything that you'd uh, you'd like to suggest as far as um, as far as possible poos in the news or uh, shit show story times, uh, how do they get in contact with us, Rick? Uh, well, mate, what you guys can do is you can hit us up on Facebook. Uh, we'll be we'll have a page set up, uh, so make sure to post on our wall. Otherwise, if you want to get in touch with us uh, from an email perspective, shoot us an email to shitshow.au at gmail.com. All right, guys. See you later. Thanks, guys. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-